Good evening, everyone. So we have about 35 minutes, which is perfectly fine. And uh, what we want to do on tonight is we want to begin looking a little bit at uh, a, a biblical standpoint of Sabbath. And, and really, the reason why we're doing that is because we've, we've kind of uh, dubbed this month um, August month of rest. Uh, and there are a couple things, uh, as, a couple reasons as to why we're doing that. Number one, uh, you know, it's been a busy summer. Uh, you know, we're, we've just been going back and forth, and we're, we're getting to a place now where it's time to go back uh, into the regular routine for those who have kids, etc. Uh, and even if you don't have kids and, and you travel or you, you use I-24 or whatever, you, you recognize that when school is in, it's a totally different ball game. Uh, but nonetheless, we, we, we thought about the fact that, you know, it's such a busy time, Antioch in particular, uh, we're just engaged almost every single month, just doing this, that, and the other, and we, we wanted to, to find an opportune time to just catch our breath, to just reflect, to just recover a little bit before the madness happens here in the fall. And as opposed to it just being something very physical or just, you know, us just not doing anything, we, we really wanted to spend some time looking textually from the Bible at what Sabbath was and is and what rest represents for the people of God even on today. And so what I want to do today as best as I can is I want us to look for a little bit at what Sabbath represented in the Old Testament. And then on next week, we will look at what Sabbath or rest came to represent in the New Testament. And the reason why I think it's important for us to start there because uh, there are a number of people, uh, not just out there in the religious world, but even uh, in our fellowship and even in our church that might struggle somewhat with the concept or the idea uh, or the teaching of the Sabbath. I've, I've, for as long as I've been a Christian, the question has been, is the Sabbath something that we as Christians today in the 21st century, is that something we're supposed to be still observing? Is that something that we're supposed to be practicing? Uh, and there are some individuals that, that do uh, their best to maintain and uphold some type of Sabbath. And I'm, when I say some type of Sabbath, let me be clear, uh, some type of ritual aspect of what they read in Scripture. Uh, and so you think, for example, when Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus would often go to temple and he would often go to synagogue on the Sabbath. So by the time Jesus comes on the scene, the Sabbath was still very much a practice and a teaching among the Jews of the day. Uh, and so oftentimes the, 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 the confusion is, well, if Jesus uh, observed the Sabbath, and if at times when the disciples, when Jesus left the earth and the apostles and they were preaching and teaching, they too apparently would have observed certain aspects of Jewish custom and even going to temple on the Sabbath day, is the Sabbath therefore something that all of us even today in 2023, is that something uh, that we are supposed to be engaged in? And I, I want us to take a quick view. And, and again, this is just going to be about 35 minutes, so don't expect us to cover everything and, every, and anything concerning Sabbath in the Old Testament. But I want us to just look very quickly at, at some texts and consider some things in the grand scheme of the idea and teaching of Sabbath. Uh, one of the things I want us to consider when we think about Sabbath is we often equate Sabbath with rest and rest with Sabbath. 
uh, but at a closer analytical, a closer look at Scripture, we, we, will, we will come to recognize that rest and Sabbath, or the Sabbath as it came to be known under the law of Moses, uh, carried very different meanings uh, in relation to the original form of the word. Uh, and so what I want us to look at is uh, the beginning or where where Sabbath began. The reason why I have Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 there is because for those individuals uh, who debate or who struggle with Sabbath, they often say that before Moses even established a law, before God called the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and brought them to Mount Sinai, where he penned with his own finger the Ten Commandments, and then later on, uh, hundreds of commandments that would go along with those. Uh, the tendency is that people often go to this text to say Sabbath was, was even begun uh, here very early on in this account that Moses gives concerning the birthplace of humankind and the birthplace of the nation or the people of God. So I want us to appreciate something in this text is, is Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 is that the birthplace of what became known as Sabbath. And I want us to consider what this text says as we, as we endeavor to find uh, a good ground to stand on when it, when it relates to Sabbath or rest. And in Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, and I'm I took my, my, um, my, my reading tonight from at least this clip. I took it from the New King James Version, hence the NKJV. And I'm using a couple different translations throughout my slides on tonight. It reads this, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them will finish. If you recall what took place in Genesis chapter number 1, Moses uh, gives an account for each day as to what God would have formed and fashioned on day number one and day number two, day number three, day number four, day number five, and of course day number six. Well, we have come to the end of, of day number six, and we're going to approach now the seventh day. And it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished, or they were completed, or it had ceased. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made." So one of, the, one of the biggest talking points for those who believe that uh, Sabbath, the institution of Sabbath, the day of Sabbath that was, was found in the law of Moses, one of the, the main points that they go to to try and, 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 and say that Sabbath was there even from the creation is, is these few verses here. But as we look at, 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 at Sabbath, I want us to appreciate something about about the concept of rest versus later on what would be come to be known as Sabbath. Uh, and if you don't mind, uh, uh, Sarah, just do me a favor. I want all the Hispanic members to say rest. All right. Now have them say Sabbath. Sabbath, right? 
Now all my English, my English-speaking brethren say rest. rest. Now say Sabbath. Sabbath. I want us to appreciate that there is a fundamental difference at the end of all of this between what would be considered rest and later on what would become to what would come to be known as Sabbath rest. All right. Here in chapter number two, uh, Moses is not introducing, as it were. Sabbath rest, in as much as what he is doing is showcasing the concept of what would be Sabbath rest. So here he's actually talking about the sanctity of what the seven day would ultimately become. Uh, because remember what Moses is doing, Moses is writing to these, these, these Israelites, he is writing to a new nation, this group of individuals who just came out of e e Egyptian bondage and slavery. They didn't really have a history. They didn't really know much uh, about the genesis of, of where this all came from. And so God, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is allowing Moses to help them understand how things began and how they came to be who they were as a people. Uh, and so even from the creation point, this is a concept. This is a concept that Moses is showing even as he's getting ready to teach them or give them the law specifically that, lo that God will later on give them. But let me fast forward before I make this point. This is not in the, in, in, in the notes, but I believe Sarah could do this. When you, th when you think of the totality of the scripture and what the Bible represents, we have this period where, uh, you know, Man just grows, and the descendants of, of, of Abraham, Noah, and, and then Abraham, and all these descendants come out, and then we get to, to Egyptian bondage, and then God uses Moses to bring the descendants out of Egyptian bondage. He brings them into the wilderness, more so to Mount Sinai, and it's at Mount Sinai, uh, Sinai that he gives them this law, and they become a people. They become a nation. They become his. And, and, and as they become a people and they become a nation and they are identified as God's people, the Jews, the Israelites, I want us to keep in mind that God is going to give them through Moses a very specific law that they were going to have to keep. But later on when the Messiah comes, and so I'm fast, I'm fast forwarding now, Later on in their history, when the Messiah comes, when Jesus comes, when Yeshua comes, Yeshua is going to usher in a new age and create a new people group. A, a people group that would not be just specifically Jews. But he would usher in a, a salvation. He would usher in a, a movement and a path so that both Jews as well as those who weren't Jews, Gentiles, could now become God's people. And so God used the Israelites as a model for the future time when the Messiah would come and he would create a path and create a way for all of mankind to become his, right? So in the beginning, we had rest. Then later on, during the period of the Jews, they would have a Sabbath. And then in the time of the New Testament, particularly when the apostles and they were teaching, the concept of Sabbath will be linked to the concept of rest. And then by the time we get to the Hebrew writer, the Hebrew writer would say there still remains a rest for the people of God. 
So God would use rest as an illusion for Sabbath, and then later on he would use Sabbath as an, illu- an illusion to true rest in Jesus Christ and ultimately uh, before uh, the, throne, the throne of God for eternity. So these are concepts. So when you think of Genesis chapter number 2, uh, many have fallen to the belief and the teaching that Genesis 2 was the birthplace of the Sabbath. And I, I need for us to appreciate that is, not, that is not in and of itself true. Though the concept of rest, when he said God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified the seventh day, all of the ingredients are there later on for when God would institute the Sabbath at Sinai through Moses and the law. All right. So prior to the law, if you didn't keep Sabbath, God didn't judge you as a disobedient individual. Prior to the law, God didn't, didn't kill you. There was a punishment for individuals who didn't keep the Sabbath and didn't keep it right. It was death, right? And so uh, prior to the law of Moses, God didn't judge individuals who did not keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. Uh, and even then, there were certain things that you had to do in order to maintain and to keep the Sabbath holy. So I want us to appreciate that, that this is not the case, that really and truly Genesis chapter number two is not the birthplace of what would commonly be referred to later on as the Sabbath. Let me just say this. Uh, while Sabbath itself, the word Sabbath, and I want you guys to pay attention to this slide here. While the word Sabbath isn't found in Genesis chapter two or Genesis as a whole, the word Shabbat, is not found anywhere in Genesis chapter 2. The word Shabbat, that would be pronounced or become Sabbath, is not found anywhere in the totality of Genesis at all. All right? Because Sabbath would be associated with the law. What you would find within the confines of Genesis 2 and other places in Genesis is the concept of rest. All right, so uh, let, let's go on a little further. The concept is shown in creation account of Genesis 1, uh, verses 1 to 2 and verse number 4, where God creates the world and all living things in six days and rests on the seventh day. Exodus 20, however, this is what I want us to take note if you're taking notes, uh, and feel free to, to, to flash these and take pictures of these and study these on your own. Uh, in, in Exodus chapter number 20, for example, and verse number 11, and we could go back even to Exodus chapter 16, but I wanted to use Exodus chapter 20 because I believe what Moses is doing in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11 is that he is, he is clarifying that the seventh day is meant to be the Sabbath day under the law or the covenant that God would have given him. Uh, it's the giving of the commandments on Sinai that Sabbath is instituted for the Jews in the law of Moses. So I want us to appreciate when we think about what's going on in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, and we're going to get to this slide here really quickly. Here is how this reads, and I'm, I'm doing this from the New Living Translation. Remember to observe. This is after the giving of the law. This is this is found within the confines, all right, of, of the Ten Commandment law that God would have given Moses at Mount Sinai. Remember to observe uh, the Sabbath day by keeping it what? Holy. You have six days each week 
of your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and female sons, your livestock, and any foreigners, that, that is to say any visitors that you have that is not of your people, uh, any foreigners that dwell and live among you, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So the pattern that Moses is making clear for why it is the seventh day is being used and sanctified is because God took six days to labor, and on the seventh day he rested. So the pattern is similar for them in that you have six days to work. You have six days to toil. You have six days to earn an income and to, to make a, a living for yourself and your family. But the seventh day is a day that is going to be dedicated totally to the Lord. All right? And I need for us to begin to appreciate that if, if we're looking at this from the standpoint of a concept, I need for us to see that there is something that goes that must happen before they enter into the Sabbath day's rest. One of the things and one of the scriptures that we would probably, I'll probably bring up, but we won't maybe have time to deal with specifically, is in the book of Leviticus. And in, in Leviticus, it, it tells them that they were to not just gather and do their work the, the previous six days, but the day before the Sabbath, they were supposed to do double time to make sure that uh, they, they took up enough food and they took enough of the harvest so that they could have food to eat um, on the Sabbath day so that way they won't break the Sabbath day. So you would often find in Scripture, in the Old and the New Testament, uh, a word or a term that is used prior to them getting to the Sabbath day, you would have a time or a term that is used that is called the day of preparation. The day of preparation. In other words, whenever they were going into the, into the Sabbath, Sabbath wasn't something that they just stumbled into. Sabbath wasn't something that they went into tired. Sabbath wasn't something that, well, we're going to work to the last minute and then we're going to get into Sabbath. No, 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 no. Sabbath was some, so, supposed to be something that was on their mind. There was an intentionality uh, in, 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 in preparing themselves for going and spending time with God. And I feel like if we understand the concept with Sabbath, we would appreciate what that means even when we get our New Testament sense come next week, Lord's willing. Uh, sometimes if we're, if, we're, if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't prepare for, for even the Sunday when you think about it. We know Sunday is coming, we got to be there, uh, and so we're, we're, we're out until 2 o'clock in the morning just having a blast, we're playing basketball, we're doing whatever, and then we come to worship on Sunday tired. Because we were hanging out the night before. But I need first to appreciate that these concepts that we find even in the Old Testament is meant to teach us the beauty and the essence of what we would encounter in the New as well. All right? So these would be concepts that would make its way also into the New Testament. And so the Sabbath was very much the seventh day for them. They had to keep it holy. They had to maintain the sanctity of it. Uh, and like I said before, there are some scriptures, and I'll give these scriptures at the end of it for you to take down, but there are some scriptures that would identify and show how they would go about to keep that Sabbath day holy. 
Uh, Sabbath wasn't only just simply a day of rest, but rather, let me put it this way, Sabbath was a day of, or a day that were, they were supposed to cease from work. But it was a day that was filled with worship. Let me repeat that one more time. Sabbath was a day that they were supposed to cease from working for themselves. But it was a full-on day of worship. So though it was rest in one sense, it was rest from one thing, but it wasn't rest from worship. Because you still had an entire day where you were supposed to be devoting yourself in worship and, and homage to Almighty God. And that is not to say, hear me and hear me well, because you hear people all the time say, well, isn't worship supposed to be an everyday thing? Yes, it's supposed to be an everyday thing. But please understand and appreciate that there are times and there are occasions that are specific and were specific in Scripture that people were supposed to engage in. So they were supposed to be worshiping God on, on Sunday. They were supposed to be worshiping God on Monday. They were supposed to be worshiping God on Tuesday. They were supposed to be worshiping God on Wednesday. You know what I'm talking about? They were supposed to be worshiping God all through Friday. But the Sabbath day, there was a time for them to actually come together and to worship God in community. So, so again, I, 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 I just wanted to say that because I feel like sometimes we try to make uh, we, we try to diminish sometimes the assembly time that we have. We try to diminish our worship time on Sunday. We try to diminish our gathering times on Wednesday or whenever the church decides to meet uh, at other points during the week. Listen, yes, we're supposed to be worshiping every single day of the week. But in those moments when the church comes together, it's a special time. It's not just time for us to rest from doing labor, but it's a time for us to worship the king. All right, you guys with me? So watch this, watch this. Is it? Is it Sabbath or Shabbat versus Shabbat? Uh, and let me just explain this really, really quickly. There, there, there are two words that we encounter. The first word, Shabbat, where we commonly get the, the word Sabbath, is actually in the noun form. And, and I want you just to look at, at these two, two words here, and I have it down here in, on the second bullet point, uh, and you would notice there are some subtle differences, but if you were to take away some of these general markings, these little dots and these little, these little things here, these are actually vowel points, by the way, but if you were to take these away, you would have three letters that come from, that make up the exact same word. Uh, and so if you didn't have these little vowel points or these little markings, you would know which was which. So, so, so rest, the word rest that is used in the book of Genesis chapter number two, and the word rest that you often find in the book of Genesis is actually the word that is pronounced or, or enunciated Shabbat and not Shabbat, all right? And so that might be a technical thing, but again, it just goes to show that there is a difference between what Moses was alluding to in Genesis chapter number two when God rested versus what God would institute in the book of Exodus at Mount Sinai with him and the children of Israel, all right? So at Sinai, that's the noun form, that's the day, that's the thing. Whereas other times when you see Shabbat, this form of it, that is, that is the verb aspect, that is to rest. You guys need to go and take a rest. You guys need to kick your feet up. That's rest, all right? So, so just note the difference. It might be subtle, but it makes such a huge difference. I don't mean to be too technical, but I want you guys to, to just kind of see this and glimpse this with me. Uh, the, the, the subtle difference in the V sound versus the B sound can be seen right here. 
Uh, let me see if I can remember my, my, my Hebrew alphabet. A, Aleph. But then you have two soundings for B. You have both being Aleph, Beit. Whenever you have the little dot, that's called a Dagesh or a Dagesh, depending on your tongue in the Hebrew. Whenever you have the dot in the B, it's Be, Aleph, Beit. But when the Dagesh or the dot is out, the B is actually pronounced as a V. Aleph, Beit, Beit. All right? So those are some of the little subtleties and nuances that sometimes trip people up as they think about, well, it was rest, which ultimately it really means Sabbath, when, when in, in actuality it means something totally unique and different from actual Sabbath in the book of Exodus. Let me hurry along before I lose anybody. So, <laughs> so the noun, the noun, the noun, the noun, the noun that is Shabbat or Sabbath, and the verb Shabbat, though having the same root, that's the three letters, uh, and carrying similar meaning, actually mean at some point in their description, rest, cease, etc. All right? They, they do not point in all actuality to the same thing. Sabbath is always going to be Sabbath, as it refers to a special day that God had sanctified and set apart. Whereas rest could carry and convey something broader as you and me taking a nap or you and me ceasing from doing some labor or somebody ceasing, an animal could rest. The land was commanded to rest. And we'll look at these texts here in just a little bit. So the Sabbath or Sabbath became a part of the Mosaic law as one of the many holy days that were to be observed. So here's what I want us to see, and these are the texts. I, I was able to make it. I'm, this, this is my last slide. We, we won't have time to go through every single text, but I want us to appreciate these texts. Uh, let me look, let me look, let me look. If, go ahead and take a, go, on, go ahead and just take a snapshot of this. We won't have time to go through all of these texts. Uh, or go ahead and just write these texts down. But I want to look at at least two, two texts that's on the screen here. If you don't mind, come with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 16. So go ahead and take a snapshot of that or go ahead and just write these down. But these are going to be some instances. And like I said, Exodus 20 is, is I believe, Moses really making clarity as to what the Sabbath day was all about. But as I said before, Exodus 16 is, is actually the first time we see <sighs> my arch nemesis, the bell has come. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. But, but let, let, me, let me just give a, a brief breakdown. Are, are you guys taking this down? The bell is my enemy, guys. It really is. In Exodus 16, if, if you're taking this down, let me just give you a, a, a quick breakdown of, of each of these texts somewhat. In, in Exodus chapter 16, it really talks about what would have gone in into the preparation prior to Sabbath. 
And so all of the things that they were commanded to do prior to um, them celebrating Sabbath or observing Sabbath is found within the confines of Exodus chapter 16. Uh, you make your way down, for example, to Deuteronomy chapter number 5. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5 really is the retelling uh, of, of the law where, where, where God has given Moses, and Moses is once again giving the people, this new generation, uh, the law once again, and he just rehashes again what he had given to him the first time, all right? Which is, I, I want you to know what the law, that you need to observe it and to keep it holy. Then we get to Leviticus chapter 23 and Leviticus chapter 25, and these, again, would be concepts that would be born out of Sabbath. And so the concept that we find, again, in chapter 23, again, is the idea of the people keeping the seventh day. So the Sabbath would be for people. But then also in 25, uh, the Sabbath, the concept of rest, would now go for the land and for animals, etc., as well, too. So uh, they would labor for, they would allow their land and they would push their land agriculturally for six years, but on the seventh year, God said, I want you to allow the land to breathe. Uh, if, if you've done any agriculture in your life, you know, if you push your land too hard with crop after crop after crop after crop after crop for year after year after year after year, there's going to come a point in time where the land doesn't yield as fruitful as it used to. So there's a terminology among agriculturists or farmers where they would, they would say they have to rest their land. And all that simply means is they will allow the land to do whatever the land needs to do without planting it up, without tilling it, without anything. And they might even help the land by simply allowing the animals to just graze through and pick up whatever it needs to and release dung. Did, did my accent mix anybody up? Right, right? So, it, you know, they, 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 would, they would do whatever. It, it, it would fertilize the ground is, is what I'm saying. And so they would do their part to, to ensure that the land could become as fertile again as it can be. And the land would rest for an entire year. And so what they would do is, is, is they would rotate planting grounds. They would rotate beds, as it were. So when the time came, they would move from, from this area, and they would go into an area that was resting already or had yet to be planted up, and they would create beds, etc., etc. So even the concept, and this is what I want us to see. This is really why I love this point here, because while Sabbath became a day of observation for them, the concept of rest was now also placed here for land, and this, this same concept of rest will now make its way into the New Testament for the people who are believers in Jesus Christ. I don't have time to get into there, but that is just a little preview for next week. Uh, but I pray, hope, and trust as we, as we had looked a little bit on tonight about Sabbath, that we'll understand that Sabbath was in fact instituted by God to the Israelites under the law that he gave to Moses. And as to the question or not as to whether we should follow the Sabbath today or not. We'll get to that next week, Lord's willing, but I want us to appreciate that there are some concepts in Sabbath that will make its way into the New Testament. So what we'll do on next week, and I'm, I'm, I want to encourage you, I, I feel like I should tell, I, I should slip something in Jose's tea so um, we could have the Hispanic brothers here again. That is not to say that I slipped anything in his tea. That is not to say that I slipped anything in his tea. Um, but if you can be here on next week to be a part of that second part, I would love for you to be here so that we could answer the question, is it, is it, is it right or is it, is it lawful, is it necessary uh, for Christians today to observe 
what became Sabbath under the Old Testament law? So we'll seek to answer that question as well as what we'll seek to do is we'll seek to see how the New Testament authors treat and deal with the concepts of rest and Sabbath within the confines of the New Testament teaching. Is that all right? Did I, did I lose anybody? No. Is everybody good? Beautiful, beautiful. So this coming Sunday, this coming Sunday, we begin uh, from a preaching standpoint, we begin our series on Be Still. I want to encourage everybody to go ahead and read in advance Exodus chapter 14. Uh, I'll be taking our lesson directly from Exodus chapter 14. So be prepared for that. Invite a neighbor, invite a friend, come back. We'll have a blast this Sunday, Lord's willing, as we worship God together in spirit and in truth. Unless you're praising God. Go ahead, Benton. All right, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. That's a great... When you have to raise your hand, it has to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so guys, let's not forget, after we're done here, we'll have refreshments outside at the pavilion. Uh, I, I saw some of the treats. It's really good. I actually took a piece of it. So I'm confessing that now. Uh, I, I don't know if I sinned, but I'm just confessing. I took a piece of it, and it tasted great. It really did. It really did. So would you guys mind standing? Would you mind standing? Brad, would you, would you be so kind to, to come and, and lead us in prayer? Sure. And as you do so, you're going to have to use the mic, so say, Rekha, translate.